brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to another episode of Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are here today to talk about Texas Remake Massacres. Oh, we're doing it. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about Texas Chainsaw 3D. From 2013. From 2013. It's the chainsawiest, 3D-iest... Non most nonsensical Texas Chainsaw Massacre they've ever made, and there's there's you could say that about half the catalog. <laughs> yeah, if you omit the title, you could be saying that about any of the, the future iterations of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Oh, even some of the previous ones—the third one, the fourth one, the, the seventh one. one, the second one's <laughs> fucking incredible. But we are not talking about those. We're talking about uh, whatever the fuck this one is. <laughs> the movie that brought us the iconic do your thing cuz from Alexandra Daddario fucking tossing Leatherface a chainsaw like she's sliding a gun across a poker table. It's so fucking good. Oh boy. You, you watch the movie now for that moment. <laughs> it's so great. God damn, I love this goofy movie. <laughs> like Oh, okay, let's let's just set the table here. Like it's garbage. <laughs> it's kind of a garbage movie. I fucking love it. It's oh, so I'm, much fun. I'm so ready to talk about it. It is uh one of a kind. <laughs> Now, Kim, this is not the most critically loved, critically celebrated Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And so people may have may people out there may have skipped it. What are three good things about Texas Chainsaw 3D? Okay. The well, good things like asterisk things three I Three reason three reasons to watch it. All right. Insane ADR. There is some serious <laughs> ADR. If you love footsteps as much as I do, even half as much as I do, you're gonna really appreciate the explosiveness of the footsteps and uh sound effects in this film. It's like they put high heels on a horse, right? <laughs> <laughs> clomp, clomp, clomp. I love it. Uh they blew their so, budget so. <laughs> they blew their budget on chainsaw sounds. That's just what it comes down to. Like the chainsaws sound so fucking good and uh, uh, he really loves that chainsaw. I do. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with uh, Leatherface being into the vino. Leatherface living <laughs> in a wine cellar. I love his lair in this one. Um it's such a fun little spot for him being kind of this secret of the family, this dirty little secret, and how he has his own like sub sub basement apartment. Don't you love a basement in a basement? <laughs> I love a basement in a basement. And your third good thing. 
my third good thing, we're going to have to go with the 3D elements, including a <laughs> chainsaw coffin scenario. Fuck yeah, right? <laughs> God damn. It's so much fun. We've never seen it in 3D. I love I love watching 3D movies in 2D. It's a, it's a whole other experience. But honestly, though, uh, I didn't know I needed Leatherface attacking a co- uh, somebody in a coffin in my life before it existed. And now I don't know what I would do without it. And those are just some of the highlights of Texas Chainsaw 3D. We really highly recommend that you check this movie out. It's a boatload of fun. Uh, it is a perfect turn your it's brain off. It's a barrel of chainsaws. It's a barrel of chainsaws. <laughs> it's a good Friday night flick. Before we get into our full thoughts, though, Kim, really quick, what is keeping you creepy this week? As of recording, the announcements for the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival just came out, and that's a festival that we normally cover uh, at Nightmare on Film Street, which is super cool. Even cooler, though, is uh, my movie's going to play there. Woo! Woo! That's right. They announced world premiere of Symphony, the clubhouse horror anthology. Uh, that Kim directed, wrote and directed a segment for is going to be premiering at Brooklyn Horror Fest. You know, John, I love all the credit you're giving me, but you totally uh, were running around like crazy on that set. So you you worked just as hard as I did on it. But I'm so excited that people are going to finally get to see it because I feel like I've been talking about it forever. And uh, it's like the first thing I've ever done and I'm putting it out into the world and I can't wait for people to hate it on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the cycle of how things go, right? I'm ready. <laughs> But yeah, so that's going to be premiering in October. We'll have some more news on Symphony as well. Uh, Maybe some release news, maybe some additional fun stuff coming up very shortly. And we're also going to try to get everybody on on the podcast. There's nine of us and the producers who directed segments. And I love for us all to chat official Nightmare on Film Street style. It's going to be weird, though, because I'm not going to want to interview myself. So, John, you're (laughs) going to have to interview 10 people. That's totally (laughs) fine. 10 plus people. I can handle that. We also had a chance to catch The Invitation uh, over the last week in the theater. Uh, you know, I love my I, lo- I love me a gothic vampire movie. I was really on board with it. It looked fantastic. Except for, honestly, I think the, the bulb was burned this out. This is a problem. Yeah. This is a dark movie. It's a vampire movie, right? Like, so, so much of this takes gothic place. Gothic manor shit. Yeah. Man, there's a whole sequence in a wine cellar. Where somebody's neck definitely gets uh, situationed. And I did not see any of it. And like, that's, that's <laughs> obvious. That's surely where there's the reveal of, like, the look of the vampire and like you, like, we could almost see it. It was just, just there. Like if the, we just turned the brightness up just a little bit. Um, so I, we did not fully take that movie in. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out again at home. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't expecting it to be so uh, rom drom, so Twilighty, but. I kind of really liked it. Very rom. It was very rom. <laughs> uh, but I really, I loved how horror it lent. Uh, lent? Leaned? It leaned very horror. Okay. Uh, I was quite surprised on all elements. I think it was kind of impressive. It was definitely like a graduation movie for, you know, you've been reading young adult horror and you want to move your way into horror. Like, this would be a a baby step towards Dracula, like Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1990. 1999? 92. 92. Thank you. Yeah. I would recommend this to like a 14-year-old. Or a fifteen-year-old, and then be like, and then after that, you fucking you want to check out, you want to see, you want to see Keanu Reeves be (laughs) overacted by everybody. (laughs) You want to see some actors dance around Keanu Reeves? I was gonna say, like, you want to see Gary Oldman as a wolf have sex with a girl? (laughs) 
But yeah, I thought it was totally a blast. If you like uh, supernatural horror and you've been starving for something super gothic, like when was the last time you saw something like this in the theaters in terms of like Victorian gothic? It was probably Crimson Peak. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I was thinking about it today. It's kind of a cross between uh, Ready or Not and Get Out, but with vampires. Like, that's kind of like the core of the movie, like how it's structured and, and what it delivers. Um, and Twilight. And yeah, there's <laughs> definitely. Okay, so I could have just said it plus Twilight instead of plus vampires, but <laughs> I'm trying to sell people and watch it. <laughs> no, it's <was> good. <laughs> We're still in the middle of like redoing a bunch of furniture around the house, so that's kind of all we've had a chance to watch outside of the Friday the 13th movies. So we're going to leave it at that, and we're going to kick off to the trailer for Texas Chainsaw 3D, and then we're going to talk for an hour about chainsaws. Oh, and the Texas Chainsaw sound, yeah. (laughs) That's in this movie a lot. Oh, a lot. Beast and me. So did you know anything about this place? Just the address. It's caged by frail and fragile bars. Wow. Restless by day and by night. Rats and rages. Look like Granny likes to play a little pool. What exactly did Granny do for a living? I have no idea. I just learned about her yesterday. The beast and me. Texas Chainsaw 3D is currently sitting at a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 2 point nothing out of 5 on Letterboxd. It's also, and I've said this before in the podcast, so feel free to take it with a grain of salt or call it absolute bullshit, I think the first legacy sequel. Hmm. Because, hey, here's the thing. It's an immediate sequel to the original. It ignores com- everything previous. Ignore, ignores everything previous. Doesn't really bring anybody back, uh, which is, has been the legacy sequel model recently. M- makes absolutely no sense. Right? <laughs> and uh, it takes a lot of liberties with the original story. Yeah. My favorite is that we recap the whole movie, the, the whole Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, and then immediately we're in the house, and the cops are coming after they found Sally Hardesty freaking the fuck out in the back of a pickup truck. And there's, I don't know... Ten more family members in the house. An entirely new, different family who were not invited to dinner. <laughs> yeah, right? None of those people were around the dinner table, and they're all just like, give a 
up the boy. They want the dumb leather-faced man. Give him up. Which the Sawyers would not do. Because the Saw is family. Saw is family. This movie, it, it, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the fast and the furious of the horror genre. Because they're all just like, family's the most important thing. <laughs> you gotta do anything for your family. <laughs> Leatherface is Vin Diesel. Whatever his character's name. Dom? It, Leatherface is Dom <laughs> from the Fast and the Furious franchise. And each installment is more ridiculous than the last. Right? In the Fast and the Furious, we established that you can't die in a car. In Texas Chainsaw Massacre, people only die by, I guess, hammer or chainsaw. Like, chainsaws can do anything. They can cut through anything, and they never need to be oiled. <laughs> Yeah, you, you'd really think that the chainsaw is the universal tool if you only watch these movies. Yeah, I, I really, it's a bummer sometimes when a Texas Chainsaw movie takes forever to bring a chainsaw out. I think this one it waits an appropriate amount of time and also fucking delivers as soon as that chainsaw shows up. A lot of people getting cut up in this movie is what I'm getting at. There's not a lot of death in this movie. There's not enough teens dying, mainly because there's not enough teens. Should have brought more kids to the party. Yes, there need to be more kids. It's so weird, and watching this, I hadn't seen it in a very long time. It's two different movies stitched together in the middle, right? Because is it? the first half is, you know, like, oh, Heather's got an inheritance. We're going to her grandma's house, which we'll get in. That Does that even make sense? And she brings her terrible best friend, her terrible boyfriend, and... Kenny, who's like a chef and I don't know, knows them. And yeah, is a first date, isn't it? Like, this is her second date with the guy. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He's like, Yeah, I'll drive. Let's go. And they end up at this house, but they are disposed of so quickly and inconsequentially that when, when Heather like carries on for the second half of her journey, you're like, haven't we only been watching this 30 minutes? That's right. Is the movie over? Right, yeah, yeah. You're 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 barely to the midpoint of the movie, and you're just like, I've seen the whole story. Is it done? But hey, is she ever going to find out her boyfriend's a douchebag? Oh, I, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. She's dead. Uh, she never finds out that her friends uh, have been cheating behind her back. Why even make it a plot point? Why? The funniest thing is I remember a moment where she realizes it. Like, hey, what were you two doing in the barn? Half why were naked. you Why were you uh, why are you now wearing his shirt and stuff? And that's just not in there. I'm well, thinking also, of a different where movie. Where the fuck is Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> No one. Nobody cares. He was what? making them dinner, and the best friend Nikki and Heather's boyfriend go off to fuck, and nobody's like, should we? So one, Heather's just upstairs looking around, and right. Kenny's just in the kitchen cooking, and we're like, we could fuck off for an hour and no one will notice. It's a lot to ask, but I mean, hey, Heather's, Heather is exploring this new mansion she's just inherited. She's, uh, she's learning about her family. She's got shit to do. I mean, it's totally believable that they'd be separated and stuff, but yeah, they suck. They're, they're, a, they're dirty adulterers. <laughs> And Newt, Texas, wouldn't stand for it. That's why they died. But what do you, Alexander Daddario totally finds Kenny. She sees him get fucking cut in half. Oh, does she find him? Yeah, that's when, like, Leatherface, like, they do that that classic move where she Bonk. falls and <laughs> bonks her head. And she, oh, I'm passed out now. Fade to black. She wakes up in Leatherface's, uh, like, like, basement slaughterhouse. And that's where he that's where he puts Kenny on the hook. Classic. It's Need to have it. It's a fucking ensuite in-law apartment. Let's not insult yeah. the man. <laughs> okay, my mistake. 
He's got some interesting choices in terms of decorating. There's a bathroom down there. He's also very protective of his space. Even at the end of the movie, after we've learned everything, and she's like, now his like new mom. (laughs) He doesn't let her in. He's like, no, this is my space. (laughs) I stay locked up here, away from the world. You occasionally bring me a tray of ribs. (laughs) Don't touch my dresses. If we could backtrack a little bit, because we're but we're we're assuming that everybody listening to this has seen the movie. Uh, it's available. It on doesn't Tubi. make sense. It doesn't matter. Ah, you know what? So when you say it's been so long since you've seen this movie, I feel like it's been the exact right amount of time <laughs> since we've seen this movie. I had a blast watching it, and sure, it makes no sense. Who gives a fuck? It's a it's a movie about a guy who wears other people's faces, who cuts people up with a chainsaw. That's all I need. And family matters. Clearly, and family. Family's so important. <laughs> you do anything. For your family. There's a moment. What accent are you doing? Vin Diesel. It's, uh, <laughs> there's a moment in this movie where Alexandra Daddario, they're just like. Alexandra. Didn't I say, didn't I, I say don't that? know. You're saying it like wrong. <laughs> where Heather Sawyer, bam, I'm going to fix that right, right now, learns that she has a family and. And, and they're like, are you gonna are you gonna take care of this? Like, yeah, you do anything for your family. It's like, bitch, you didn't know you had one. <laughs> but like immediately she's like, no, I gotta do this. It's obligation. Like I'm like, I'm tied to this family. It's hysterical. So explain to me mm-hmm. if you understand what the fuck is up with grandma. How did she not die in the fire? Who the fuck is she? Ah, see. Is she a Carson? Okay, so there we there we go. That's that's what's important here. I'm so the beginning confused. The beginning of the movie, we're at the Sawyer house from the old 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Taking us back. To forget the fact that it's 1974 because it has only happened 20 years ago. Uh and, Everybody is the correct age in the future. Right? And <laughs> and there's a tombstone for her mother that's that says, you know, born it di- no, it says died 19, and then there's just a branch in the way. So, like, they completely hide the year. Because if, if numbers are to be believed, it's 1991. Like, it has it can't be any later than that, right? Well, she does use a payphone. Yeah, but they also have cell phones. Do they? Yeah. Did they? Do Don't they? Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> she does use a payphone at one point. God, I mean, I think it's modern t- day. Carry on. There's a huge old shootout at the Sawyer house. Uh, like one cop shows up to be like, God damn it, you fucking crazy bastards. You did it again. I need to take one of you to jail. And then some good old boys show up to just fucking torch the place. They basically just like shove the cop out of the way and start throwing Molotov cocktails through the window. They kill everybody except for this. Uh, they kill everybody. But this this one woman escapes uh, with her baby in her arms, and a guy has just enough time to rescue the baby before kicking her in the face <laughs> and stealing the baby. He's like, I need one of these. <laughs> yeah, and he literally brings it back to his wife like, hey, look what I pilfered for you. Check it out. Like, it's like Homer getting a Lady Remington while uh, looting with a mob. Uh, that baby grows up, learns that she uh, she had a grandmother who has who okay, has named who her. is this fucking? That's what I'm fucking getting <laughs> at. I just I need some backstory here, man. So yeah, she learns that she has a grandma who just died, who left her everything because she's her last surviving heir, uh, family member. Uh huh. That gra- that's Grandma Carson, who is her grandmother to a woman like I don't know Martha Sawyer, who married out of the Carsons. She married into the Sawyers. 
Okay. Yeah. So Grandma Carson, uh, you know, took, we find out later, took care of Jed Sawyer. Why did she do that if she wasn't no a Sawyer? No fucking idea. I, so I think you're incorrect. I think she's a Sawyer. She's Sawyer Carson. Oh, you Carson. think she married out? She oh, married I'm into a rich... The point is, at some point, a Sawyer either... A Carson either married down or a Sawyer married up. Right? And that's that's how we've got blended. But, like, the, the Heather but, Sawyer, Alexander Daddario's character is I, the last surviving member. I feel like there should be some explanation as to why <laughs> whoever this family member wasn't present during the fire at the beginning of the movie. Because they weren't in the house. Oh, thanks, John. Yeah, they just weren't there. It's <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but then so like they live in this town where everybody murdered their family yeah they were the one town they were the one family in town that everybody hated everybody thought was weird for good reason they were cannibals yeah but I'm just saying that grandma lived there afterwards and was like yeah all of our family got murdered up like it was in the newspaper and shit yeah. the mayor is the, was the head of the gang yeah and she she called success the best revenge she remained rich she had a great house on a huge property and she hid away the one surviving member of that Texas Chainsaw Massacre Mm, I just don't buy any of it. But it's fine, because it doesn't matter. Bam! That's what counts. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It is it is weird to go from this, you know, dilapidated sort of house that you would expect to, to, to house cannibals to, like, now we're just like, check out this mansion. It's so fucking great. Like, it is it's, uh, the exact opposite of what the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was. Leatherface looks so happy there, though, at the end of the movie. He's like, got a cushy spot. When he's digging his grave and stuff and putting his mom back in it. Yeah, it's weird that he digs her up. <laughs> That's just, you know. He's That's just, just his move? It was a little spooky spook. Yeah, I just I didn't, get, I didn't get to say goodbye. And you know family's everything. <laughs> <laughs> what I love most, though, about this nonsense story is that it completely paints any wrongdoing the Sawyers did in the first film. Like, the Sawyers oh, yeah. are the fucking antagonists. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. They are cold-blooded murderers. Yeah, because the real villain here is, is the angry mob. The good old <laughs> boys who showed up to just, you know, deliver to some frontier justice. Yeah, and how fucking dare they? <laughs> how very fucking dare they? <laughs> oh, man. And of course, they've, you know, they've they've ingrained themselves into the local police department. Did you recognize that cop? The, the, the So, like, the leader of the posse from 19-whatever. Uh, <laughs> 19 question mark. Yeah, is, uh, he, you know, he grows up, he, he becomes the the mayor he's running the town the cop that they sort of like pushed around at the beginning is now the sheriff did you did you recognize his deputy who's the mayor's son he looked familiar he uh i mean he's in a few is movies. he from like fantastic four he had a fantastic four hair flip uh, he's in the suicide squad but he is scott eastwood that is clint eastwood's youngest son whoa i see it yeah right like when you see him in a, like a in a more recent photo whoa. where he's gotten a little age he's so squinty <laughs> Born in 1986. Oh, wow, he's a baby. Yeah, Eastwood was still making babies back in 1986. <laughs> making babies and making movies. Yeah. I do two things. I make number one films and I make beautiful baby boys. <laughs> I love your Clint Eastwood accent. <laughs> well, I, why didn't I even try to do one? I could have. Like, I only do two things. Point guns in people's faces and make baby boys. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's the new Dirty Harry. Oh, boy. God um, damn. This has been an accent-filled episode. It's been not good. And I love it. I just, I just like, pulled one out of the drawer at random and just slapped it on. No Your matter Vin what. Your Vin Diesel was my favorite. <laughs> That's the only one I've actually tried to do. It's not good. No. No, not at all. 
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Yeah, so... Um... The, thing, the thing about this movie that makes no sense to me, the one the one thing I can't get my head over is that they pick up a the hitchhiker. The one thing? Yeah, no, this is the... I, I'm on board with absolutely everything else. It's sure, weird Even decisions. Even the overuse of the camera sound? That's a given. You can't you can't get past <laughs> there's, it. There's if there's one thing that Texas Chainsaw Massacres always do wrong, it's homages to the first film. <laughs> 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 you know, they they use it when they're like like they use it properly when they're going through like a crime scene and, and they're, they're taking like, photos. Creaky gate. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts. That's not even an exaggeration. It's on a creaky gate. But no, the thing that I, I, I can't get behind is that they pick up this hitchhiker in the middle of nowhere. Oh, this is so fucking annoying. This fucking con man hitchhiker. And then they they bring him along He's to like, the mansion. It's raining. You hit me with your car. I want some beef jerky. Also, I rob you. Yeah. <laughs> and But he, that's, so that's what's so fucking stupid about it. They bring him all the way to the house. Like, hey, check out this incredible mansion I just Hang inherited. Hang out with us. Like, We're going into town. You go ahead and stay here. He's like, I'm going to drop the bags off inside and then I'm going to split. You guys have been real nice. Like, okay, cool. Here are the keys to the house. You fucking go to town. Like, of course he was going to rob you blind. Mm. I, I, I just don't understand that. And everyone's surprised when they get back. They're like, wow, he was real smooth. Like, no, you were real dumb. He wasn't even trying. <laughs> no, you you basically. You drove him. You handed him the keys. <laughs> you drove him to the mark and left him there. Yeah, that's another actor that IMDb tells me is super familiar to us. Oh, yeah? He was in Final Destination 2. Oh, wow. He played Frankie. He died in the car at the beginning, so oh. <laughs> didn't necessarily get <laughs> <laughs> one of the many victims of the log truck. Um, But while we were talking about the choo sure. uh, I do want to take a second to talk about my favorite thing about this movie, mm-hmm. the ridiculous soundscape the Foley work. <laughs> oh, just in general. You got it. We, we, oh, so uh, we own this on Blu-ray. It's in a box somewhere. It's the only Texas Chainsaw we own. Well, actually, up until like a week ago, I yeah. bought the original on uh, Blu-ray so we could watch it on our projector screen. Isn't that fucking wild? Puff, puff, puff my bubble pipe. <laughs> it blows my mind that we don't own Texas Chainsaw. Well, we, that we hadn't owned the original TCM until now. Uh, but that I also, for some reason, have gone my entire life without buying a physical copy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It's the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, we watched it on Tubi. Yeah, we watched it on Tubi. It's free. You can watch it tonight. But the the sound is not great. It's fucking wonderful is it's, what it is. It's nuts. It's, if you told me this was like a illegal cam recorded video from a movie theater in Russia, I'd believe you. Oh, turn the volume up. My mic. So key <laughs> advice. You cuddle in to watch this movie. When Alexandra Daddario goes out to the cemetery for the first time, turn that bad boy up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kim's footstep corner oh fucking crunch 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 even, even when she's walking, grass, grass, grass. <laughs> even when she's walking on the deck it's just like clip clop 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 when she fucking falls down the front steps <laughs> it's like somebody pushed a fucking tool shed over you can hear like wheels <laughs> it's insane it's insane 
but I'm blaming it on Tubi. I am not blaming this on no, the actual I, movie. I fucking enjoyed the experience. If our copy does not sound like this, we're gonna watch it exclusively on Tubi from here on out. Yeah, it's not a bad. The the problem. It's it's funny. But <laughs> it makes it makes all of the chainsaw sounds sound like like those little turkey cutters that everybody in the eighties had at Christmas. Like <laughs> it's not great, but it's pretty funny. Oh, what an experience. There's something here we should talk about, and I think this is the the perfect film to talk about it because I think of the Texas Chainsaw remakes, this is the most insane and zany and wild and out there. Okay. But that Texas Chainsaw has been one of the most resilient horror franchises that I don't think has ever landed smoothly in like the horror community. It's never latched on. Like it never became Friday the thirteenth, it never became a nightmare on Elm Street, it never became Halloween. And it's crazy because they keep fucking trying. They keep making them. Every five years, they're like, let's try again. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just drop Bambi on like a big old lake of ice. They're like, here you go. <laughs> Skate! <laughs> yeah, it can't fucking find its footing. Yeah, And it, they fucking try. And I think it comes down to the fact that, one, it's, it's a hugely influential first film. But the rights have to be super concise and simple. Like, they probably are able to pass between hands very easily. There's probably not a, a lot of... Um, people involved in the rights Mm -hmm. and i i think that comes down to like toby hooper being smart when he first made it yeah i don't i don't can't think of any other reason why they would just keep making these fucking movies because i don't think they're generally that successful they're definitely not critically successful i don't think there's been a single one that people have been like this is good Right? It's it's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, like, people, you can't make them happy. That's, that's just what I'm learning, you know? Like, even the, the one that came out this year, the, the Texas Chainsaw 2022, had some great shit in it. But, but otherwise, it was a... <laughs> yeah, it was totally... Hey, there, there's a fucking kill in that movie that is making my top, my year-end list for sure. Like, I've already drafted the list. That's on there. And nine other movies I give zero shits about. Yeah, I don't... Uh... I, I, I don't know what it is, like, and, and it's for no lack of trying. Like, they've been getting some good fucking directors. You know what it is? This is what I'll tell you. No one else has been able to use a chainsaw as a murder weapon. You can't put a fucking chainsaw, you can't give another masked killer a chainsaw and not have everybody go, oh, you're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Okay. Oh, you think it's just the want to do t- chainsaw killers? Sure, why not? Oh, he, Leatherface is also just like, I think it's he just casts the want, such a great shadow. I just think it's the want to exploit IP. <laughs> and Texas is a great state to make a fucking horror no, movie. No, it totally is. I I just, I don't know, I don't know why it's not, it's not kicking off. And uh, I don't know. People try. You know, hey, we're going to get one soon. Here's the thing. We could do all of the remakes all of the reboots, the rehashings, the restarts of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, and we will be putting episodes out into the winter. There have been so many, and honestly, like every prequels single- and all kinds of shit. Yeah, we're we're talking about two of them here uh, on the podcast. I think our two favorites of the of the remakes. Uh, in the Texas Chainsaw world. Not not 100% the two best, I'll give you that. No, but two favorites. <laughs> yeah, but they all have something great about them. They all have something real cool. And usually, it's Leatherface. <laughs> usually, it's always the crazy weird guy who's wearing another person's face that hacks people up. Man, what a great villain. I think he's so misunderstood, too, because there's always so many different interpretations of him. Because I think the best thing about Leatherface, especially in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is that he just appears and is just like a barrage of human being. He's huge. He's 
uh, formless almost. You can't get a read because the face has no personality because it's not his fucking face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's so much unknown that just makes it utterly terrifying. Also, you just don't have time. There's no time to process. Yeah. You're like, somebody's running at me with a chainsaw. I run also. But you know, you don't understand. <laughs> you, you can't really get a read, at least in that first movie, you can't get a read on his M.O. Because he's also scared and and fragile, but, but menacing. Like, he is such a great character. What do you think about Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw 3D? Um... <laughs> <laughs> It's never a good sign when you start this high. Um, like that's how you uh, know you're about to lie. No, no, no. I, so I like I like Leatherface in this one, but only in the second half. In the first half, I'm not huge on his first mask. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's been locked Does away he wear so the long. Same mask the whole it's time? very fucking old. I don't know. When he sews it to his face, it looks a lot fresher. Okay. And I also like when he sews it to his face. That's a cool move. I also just like that his room. Is got hell of the things that he's kind of picked up through the other sequels that even though this film is like ignoring them, they kept the fact that he does like dresses and he does like makeup and there's something ritualistic about wearing the face. Like they don't ever touch on any psych- psychology here. Like this is a slasher. Thank God. I know this is a slasher <laughs> through and through, but the fact that they like just that moment where he's sewing it to his own face. That's good. But there's pain there is the, is the other and thing, we, right? But we still don't know anything about him. We yeah. just know that he's an eight-year-old in a six-foot-eight body. Yeah, that, that's exactly how they describe him. They say that, like, mentally he hasn't aged past eight and that he doesn't really have language, you know? Like, he doesn't, he, like, he, violence is, like, a big thing for him. Like, he goes to it immediately. He's just, he's he's a hard-to-love boy, but he is dedicated to his family. Like, literally is gonna, is about to hack somebody, like, Alexander Daddario, up until he sees that she's family and then he is furious. Oh, he goes into full out like dog mode. Right? <laughs> He's just like, how dare you do this to my cousin? I'm gonna kill you. He is the best big brother you could ask for. Fuck. I mean, yeah, it's... it's. You do have to clean up murders for him. <laughs> that is a problem. That's, a, that's not a good big brother move. And I'm sure there's like a lot of smells you have to deal with at like 4 a.m. Like yeah. just wafting up from the basement. Not nice. Not nice. I'm sh- I'm sure Grandma Verna did a real good job of smell proofing that area. The- like soundproof, sure. Anybody can soundproof. Smell proof, that's where money comes in. And the thing that's unclear in this, because they really play down the fact that Soy- the Sawyers are villains. And I guess because in the first one, like the people they're killing have come on their property. So you're like, are they cold-blooded killers or are they only just like protecting their space. Um, Mm -hmm. Is Leatherface still actively murdering or is it only when people come in his space? It's a good question. Or threaten his family. He does seem to... He does wear faces. <laughs> you say that like like it, it's like a, a you know, you're you're standing your ground, I think is the term, right? That you, you're defending your property. You say that like you're allowed to hit them in the face... Put him on a hook, cut him in half, grill him up. Like, that's all. I'm just defending my property. <laughs> Actually, like, the, the gray areas of American law are pretty fabulous in this movie. Um, particularly the moment when one of the cops shoots one of the, the teenagers in the face. Oh, my God. And, and the mayor's like, that didn't happen. <laughs> that his, didn't happen. It's fine. It's response. fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, dudes just walking around, sort of video, uh, like live video. Uh, oh, there calling. are cell phones. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Bam. Yeah, he's he's doing FaceTime with the sheriff and the mayor, and he's just walking through the walking through the mansion, like, oh my god, it's like, oh, I haven't seen anything this awful. Oh man, maybe there's maybe there's something in this freezer I should check out. And then yeah, I, uh, Heather is like best friend who just cheated on her. It's just like help me, and blam, he just blows her away. It's fucking hilarious. It's great. And then the yeah, and then they're like, nothing happened. You're like, oh god. <laughs> my, oh, my I feel favorite bad par- for laughing. <laughs> my, one of my favorite parts about all of that is that the mayor's like, that's it. The Sawyer girl dies tonight. We're ending this. We're we're finishing the job we started 20 years ago. And the sheriff is like, not on my watch. And it's like, buddy, you were literally at the crime scene 20 years ago. It's it's been on your watch <laughs> the whole time. It's all on your watch. Also, he just refuses to leave the police station. Like yeah. the mayor's this like, this is the command station. This is I set up my spot here. The mayor's practically lighting up a fucking pitchfork and and a torch and is going to like kill this girl. And and the chief of police is like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I'm gonna send one of my deputies out. <laughs> Who also happens to be his fucking son. It's wild, man. It's uh, great. Here's... I do like that there's a carnival in this. Right. I, that's, I was just going to segue to ever it. Ever brief. <laughs> Don't you love it? Halloween carnival at that. Fucking Leatherface just like cuts through a chain link fence, busts into this this uh, this Halloween carnival, and is immediately met with a little kid dressed as as Jigsaw from, from the Saw movies who's also got a chainsaw. <laughs> they have like a dual chainsaw. And the kid runs away screaming. Fucking great. Cute. The best. Yeah, Alexander Daddario like hangs on the edge of a Ferris wheel to try and escape uh, Leatherface, and He's then he very... fucking he throws a chainsaw at a cop. Okay, so that's the best three D moment. It's the only moment that's like super three D. What are you talking about? It's the only moment. There is a there is Alexander Daddario to hide from Leatherface goes into the grave okay, so that... of her grandma. Yeah, so that... and then the uh... chainsaw he starts chainsawing through the coffin, and it's coming right at the screen. You're like, oh my god, I almost touch it. It's I, the best. I do love the chainsaw coffin moment. It's a whole point bump. The chainsaw yeah. coffin scenario. <laughs> I remember I watched the trailer like I, I don't know a half a dozen times before we saw this movie in the theater. Because because it looked so fucking cool. Uh, but back to the carnival. Isn't it so fucking weird that Leatherface is so hellbent on getting her, even though she's like at a fucking kid buffet? Oh, Kim, come on. What are you talking about? The cops explained that so perfectly. Or no, it's not the cop. It's like the executor of the will. It's like, hey, you know, last time, uh, you know, his family, got, his entire family was murdered. It was because he let a girl get away. So he he's going to come after you no matter what. He can't let a girl get away. That's logic. Oh. <laughs> it's not good logic, but they explain it. I guess I believe that. Yeah. I guess I buy it. It all adds up. Man, that, that coffin thing. Maybe they did that purely to justify, like, or just to put gram- grandma in the chair for a bit because they're like, no, we need, oh, we need, we need, we need the coffin kill. The coffin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You're right. Same thing with uh, when they were when they were tying Alexandra Daria up at the end in the slaughterhouse. And like her shirt just pops open. Yeah, and you're like, why did they rip her shirt open? Like, oh, it's because Leatherface has to be able to see the Sawyer birthmark or the Sawyer scar or whatever. Yeah, it all works. It's all it's all airtight screenwriting, Kim. <laughs> I still don't understand who Grandma is. Uh, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead and rich, and she left it all to to Alexander Daddario. That's all that matters. So you never answered. What do you think of Leatherface in this one? He's pretty good. 
That's a little high pitched, John. Nah, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's oh, pretty good. Yeah, I like him. He's not like my favorite or anything. He doesn't really do a whole lot. I will say, like Dan Yeager, the guy acting for him is uh, he like he does this. He does a good job, and he does the same thing that uh, you know the 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 baghead Jason does in, in part two in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, where he's basically acting with one eyeball because mm-hmm. like the face is there, the mask looks the way it looks. But the way that he's like, you, he, you, there's a lot of information that gets delivered just in how he stares at you. I don't like, he looks so fucking good when he's just cranking that chainsaw up in the slaughterhouse. I think that's all great. Uh, I don't necessarily buy when they like punch him a few times and he's like, Bruh! oh, like, like when they, when they beat uh, Leatherface down, it doesn't really work for me. But he looks so fucking good in this movie, especially, especially in that cemetery sequence because he's just like, that chainsaw's just going fucking crazy. He's got no oil in it so there's smoke going everywhere and it's just like this this gasoline fog creeping in through the tombstones it looks amazing you really like chainsaws i do you have like a (laughs) chainsaw crutch (laughs) you know the best part about chainsaws is that the chain bar oil you have to fill up to like you know lubricate the chainsaw. this is specific is red so like when you're using the chainsaw it's just like spitting red juice everywhere it's kind of (laughs) rad unless you're using an electric yeah no one does that <laughs> no, that's what you use the electric chainsaw to cut dinner. <laughs> Something else we have to talk about, which is on par with the Foley work I was talking about earlier, uh-huh. is the special effects in the finale. Okay, but only in the finale, right? The rest of it's great. No, it's great. When the when the finale like, is great. What are you talking about? <laughs> I like I like it too. Okay, good. I thought we were going down this route where we were going to talk shit about it, but like come on. Leather like all of like especially when Leatherface is cutting people in half in the basement. Yeah, no, that looks, looks that looks amazing. Fantastic, but when the mayor gets put in the like yeah, meat, you know, the meat grinder things, yeah. It's it's pretty they went real hard What's a in the word front other half of the movie. Good, but like, uh... <laughs> it is a choice. It's uh... it's it's budget restrictive, I guess, man. Like, what do you want? So like, no, but I fucking for... loved it. Like the horror fan in me is just like, fuck yeah, this finale, right? Because it's a uh, early days of digital effects, and is it? I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it feels like you know when you watch the Frighteners now, and you're like, oh. Oh, they went whole hog on this. I think the Frighteners still stands up. But yeah, the end of... Uh, but I see what you're saying. We really trusted CGI in the early days. Like, way more than we should have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, I, and I'm happy we did. It, it looks fun. <laughs> it <laughs> it looks does real, look fun. real, real fun. I love it. Because we're just like, oh yeah, this is realism, guys. And we're like, is it? <laughs> on, on, on the other hand, though... I think it's, is this one of the only Texas Chainsaw movies that actually goes to a slaughterhouse, especially for a finale? It's pretty rad. And then also- A slaughterhouse is what you make it, John. Okay. (laughs) A slaughterhouse is where the heart is? Is that what you're trying to tell me? You're going to crochet that and put it on the wall? Yes. Okay. The slaughterhouse is family. Yes, and uh, home you know, is where the slaughterhouse. These is. These motherfuckers. He, I love that. He's starting an Etsy store. <laughs> you, sh- yeah, you should. I love that Leatherface has just been slowly taking care of all the assholes that killed his family. Because even the cop that he kills was uh, apparently part of that posse. I know, and he's got a vendetta, and he's crossing out faces. Yeah, and he's like, I thought you were eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's got a. He's, what's the what? He's got a photo in the basement. He's just, it's, it's taken years for him to plan this out, <laughs> and he's finally all he some needed boxes. was somebody to let him out of the basement. That's that's it. He's got a nice wine cellar, I will say. Do you think he pairs wines with his with his meals? What goes with boyfriend? 
<laughs> Probably a nice back au noir, I would think. Mmm, <laughs> yes, tastes adulterous. Mm. He seems like the kind of guy that'd be more interested in pairing his barbecue sauce than, uh, than a red wine. Do you think he would even use barbecue sauce, though? Isn't that for, like, bad cuts of meat? I guess human beings are bad cuts of meat. I would think they're not good. Yeah, because they like smoke and stuff. Yeah, and they're all gamey. <laughs> because they all run away from him. <laughs> yeah. Also, the fear gets into the meat. You can taste it. Oh, it's you like, can. Yeah. You can taste the terror. You really got to. Yeah, you really got to surprise him. He does a great job in this one. Uh, uh, they, they try and recreate that surprise sledgehammer kill from the first movie, where he just like bashes the goddamn thief's face in, and you can see teeth fly across the screen. The teeth flying was a nice touch. Yeah, I like that a lot. But they do they do turn the mayor into mincemeat, which is pretty great. Cuts his fucking hands off, right? So good. Cuts his hands off so he can slowly slide down into the meat grinder. I thought it looked great. And then they just, like like a brother and sister, they just have a nice quiet walk back home. They clean up a little bit. She makes him dinner. He tucks himself into bed. What a happy movie. <laughs> it is kind of a feel-good Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, which right? is very odd. But yeah, it it is... It is definitely two different movies, and I don't know. I wanted more teens. I wanted them to at least have some kind of arc. They don't. Oh, thank God they didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't need it. <laughs> I really don't. Not in a Texas Chainsaw movie. Fine. <laughs> but uh, but Kim, what's uh, what's what's your rating of Texas Chainsaw 3D? So yeah, I did. <laughs> I think it's fun. I, I don't know. It doesn't have to be good. Is that is that a weird review? It's uh fun and it's not good. Three out of four. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of feel the opposite. I'm like, this movie's great. This movie's a lot of fun. Sure, it's not good. It's a blast. <laughs> Three out of four. Yeah, like it's fucking fun. Yeah, <laughs> and the things I, that are bad are great. <laughs> don't need anything more than that. I just need it to be fun. I need it to look cool, and then uh, and also have a great villain. And even better that it makes no fucking sense because you're like, this makes no sense. I think it's fine. That's I think it fun. makes. I think it makes as much sense as it needs to make. Yeah. My my so my biggest pet peeve though is like when things try to make sense and they don't make sense. This is almost just like when they just cover up the the death date with a branch. You're like that's <laughs> that is the kind of effort I require. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Now we got a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just what we thought of Texas Chainsaw 3D. Let us know what you thought uh, over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFS Podcast com slash discord uh, let us know what your favorite Texas remake massacres are we want to hear all about them what's your favorite is it Leatherface Leatherface not bad if you want even more slasher content we are currently releasing bonus episodes for our Patreon fiends over at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club we have been covering every single film in the Friday the 13th franchise one at a time and it's all extra content full length episodes for you to enjoy in exchange for supporting Nightmare on Film Street uh, you can do that at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub to get those episodes. There's also a ton more there for you to check out. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.